In the book of Hebrews, the chapter is 4, verse 16. The Bible says, uh-huh, yeah, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I was sitting in the audience earlier and I heard a preacher preaching and his subject was high priest. But as he kept on preaching, he just went on and got, let us come boldly. Uh, and so he just emptied what I was going to say, but he can't say it like I'm going to say it. Amen. So I'm going to just say what I got and then I'm going to sit out. I mean, sit down somewhere. My subject in a sign lesson is let us come boldly. There are indeed times when we are overwhelmed by anxiety, depression, uh, and feelings of helplessness. But as we read in Hebrews chapter 4, we have a God who has felt these same feelings. We have a God who has, uh, who has, who wears our flesh and have experienced the harsh world as we have. We have a God who has cried tears of sadness and pain. We have a God who knows or who has been hungry and thirsty. We have a God who has been, who has faced temptation. We have a God who has experienced the loss of loved ones. We have a God who has been beaten. A God who has bled his own blood. We have a God who has even experienced death. So to think he is indeed off is a lie of the devil. Because God is indeed able this afternoon to sympathize with our weaknesses because he faced them too. But he, he has done so without sin. Because he did so without sin, you and I this afternoon can come boldly. What does it mean to come boldly to the throne of grace? Boldly means we come to God in and with confidence. We can... Talk frankly with God and have the freedom of being, of not being fearful of him. When you go to God with things on your heart, you don't have to say the right words. Uh, when you go to God, you, you don't have to have the right words. You don't have to make sure your uh, vocabulary is kosher. Just, just say what's on your heart. Don't, don't, don't beat around the bush. Tell God what's bothering you. Uh, you do not have to be concerned about what you say when you go to God. He knows what you feel before you tell him. Let me just share with you. When you're hurting, tell him you're hurting and be honest about it. When you walk into the bank to withdraw money from your account, you're full of confidence and boldness. If you know you have the money, in the account. Let's imagine uh -huh, you have $1,000 in the account and you want to withdraw 500 You hand your signed bank draft to the cashier or to the cashier waiting patiently as the cashier fiddles about with pieces of paper and the computer keyboard making necessary arrangements to get you your money. She occasionally takes a glance at you. You're not bothered. You have the money in the account and you know it her short delay is getting uh, her short delay rather in getting you the money that does nothing to damper your confidence
confidence and your boldness because you know it's in the bank. Now imagine another situation where you only have 500 in the account. You're not quite sure of the exact amount, yet you desperately need $510. You walk in the bank, have the cashier, your signed bank draft for $510, and you wait nervously in her presence. Each glance the cashier takes to sort out makes you feel uneasy. The longer it takes, Lord have mercy, to sort out the money, the more nervous and uneasy you get. Boldness is the last word to describe your condition. Let me tell you this afternoon, when we come to God, God wants us to come boldly into his presence. Never be nervous, never be uneasy because everything you need is at the throne of grace. Come with confidence. Nothing you are going through, nothing you are experiencing that the throne room of grace cannot fix. God wants us to come boldly into his presence. Our confidence and boldness should be based on his mercy and grace. Indeed, his very presence is called the throne of grace and mercy. God blesses us, give to us because of his mercy and grace the key motivating factors to giving is his love his mercy and his grace you know if nobody else loves me I know my God loves me we need someone who can sympathize with our problems and weaknesses without condemning us some stands to get us through just to know that someone else understands what I'm going through. I read about a boy who noticed a sign. Puppets for sale. He asked, how much do you want for the puppets, mister? $25, son. The boy's face dropped. Well, sir, could I see them anyway? The man whistled and the mother dog came around the corner, followed by four cute puppies wagging their tails. The lagging, then lagging behind, another puppy came around the corner dragging one hind leg. What's the matter with that one, sir? The little boy asked. Well, son, that puppy is crippled. The vet took an x-ray and found that it doesn't have a hip socket. It will never be right. The man was surprised when the boy said, that's the one I want. He said, that's the one that I want. Could I pay you a little each week? The owner replied, but son, you don't understand. You don't seem to understand. That puppy will never be able to run or even walk. He's going to be crippled forever. Why would you want a puppy like that? The boy reached down. And pulled up his pants leg, revealing a puppy the barker's leg. I don't walk too good myself, sir. Looking down at the puppy, the boy continued, that puppy is going to need a lot of love and understanding. It's not easy being crippled. The man said, you can have the puppy for free. I know you'll take care of him. Oh, we got a God in heaven. We got a Savior in heaven who knows what it's like. To be 
be hungry. He knows what it's like to be thirsty. He knows what it's like to be tired. He knows the horrible agony of physical torture. He knows what we are going through. But he never succeeded. Jesus always obeyed the Father. Draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy. And find grace when? To help. Help us where? When? In time of need. The throne of grace to the ancient world. A throne was a forbidding place, forbidden place of sovereign authority and judgment. If you approached a throne and the king did not hold out his scepter, you were history. You definitely would not draw near to the throne for sympathy, especially with trivial problems. But the author welcomed the throne of grace. He makes it clear that we are welcome at this throne. No matter what you're dealing with, you are welcome. If your mother puts you out, you're welcome. Nobody else cares about you, you're welcome. If you don't have a, head, a place, to lay your burdens, the throne is waiting for you. Here are four answers or here are four questions I want to throw at you. Why come near? When should we come near? How should we come near? And what can we expect when we come near? Why come near to the throne of grace? Because we are weak. And we have a sympathetic high priest. Now, now we don't come because we've got it pretty much together and, and we just need a little advice we we come because we are weak Hebrews 4 verse 15 Jesus didn't say without me you can get along pretty well most of the time call me if you need me he said without me without me you can do nothing John chapter 15 and verse number 5 and when we come to the throne of grace he doesn't ridicule us or belittle us for our weaknesses Anybody in here weak? Anybody in here ever wanted to do good, but trouble showed up? Yeah. That, that talked about that cussing. There's a lot of cussing folk in here right now. That, that means you just got weak. But can I tell you something? It ain't over. God still loves you. He can clean that nasty mouth up if you come to the throne room of grace. Well, when should we come near to the throne of grace? Whenever we need help. We should come in time of need. But when is need all the time? The main reason we don't pray is that we don't realize how needy we are. We think we can handle things on our own. Just call in the Lord when things are getting really intense. But the fact is we depend on him for every breath we take, every meal we eat. Even oh, we've got a month's supply of food in the house. We still need the Lord. We cannot make it without him. So call on him when you need him in times of need because we're going to need him. Oh, I know I'm right about it. We're going to need him. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going we to need him. And then, you know, pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, praying without ceasing is necessary because we are constantly in over our head. 
is the acknowledgement that our needs is not partial but total. We need help. We need help. Our world needs help every single day. We need help because we'll start fighting. We'll start cursing. We'll start lying. Uh-huh, drinking, backbiting, politicking, manipulating, fornicating, gossiping, gambling, lusting. Why? Because all of us need help. Trouble is always around. Trouble is everywhere. And when you're weak, you're prone to get in some trouble. And that's why we have a high priest who understands how to get us out of our trouble if we would just come to him. All trouble everywhere. You know, you know one thing about trouble that it's one of the few things you don't have to worry about running out of. You ain't ever got to run out of worry about running out of. And one thing I learned about trouble, you ain't got to go look for it. Y'all ain't saying that. You ain't got to go look for trouble. Trouble will find you. Huh? Trouble is smart. I said, trouble is smart. Trouble can dial your number. Man, trouble like your address. Trouble knows your name and your children's name. Amen. Trouble likes to lie down between a husband and a wife. Many times, trouble likes to clock in with you at work. Trouble don't mind getting dressed in his Sunday best. Trouble don't mind walking to the church house. Trouble, trouble, <laughs> trouble don't mind. Lord have mercy. Trouble is a gossiper and sometimes... Trouble can fool you and make you think it's your friend. And as soon as it decides it's time and it's right, trouble will show its true colors. Let me, let me just tell you what grandma used to say. Boy, if it ain't one thing, y'all know anything about that? If it ain't one thing, it's another. Pay your telephone bill. Next though, you get another bill for the long distance. You pay the cable bill. But you forgot the water bill would do also. If it ain't one thing. Ladies, you go to the beautician, you ask her to give you some curls and she straighten it flat. Brothers, you decide to try on that suit you haven't worn in a while to discover that the suit waistline is no longer compatible with your waistline. If it ain't one thing. Oh yeah, am I right about it? Oh yeah, if it ain't a backache, it's a toothache. If it ain't a toothache, sinus trouble. If it ain't a headache, it's sinus trouble. If it ain't sinus trouble, it's arthritis. If it ain't arthritis, it's bursitis. If it ain't heartburn, it's a bad case of gas. If it ain't one thing, it's another. How should we come near to the throne room of grace? directly with confidence in our high priest. The author does not say draw near through your local priest. He said let us draw near. Us mean every believer have the privilege and the right to go before God boldly in confidence knowing that God through Jesus took care of my situation at Calvary. There was a long line Thousands waiting for confession, but only one confession booth. As the noon bell rang, an old stooped over priest came out of the booth, walking with two canes. A woman 
with several small children, fell on her knees before him and grabbed him by his knees. She cried out to him, begging him to relieve her burdens. But he struck the woman on the side of the head with one of his canes and went off through the crowd. He was, un, he was an unsympathetic, can sympathetic human priest. Let me share something with you. Jesus can sympathize with us in our pain and our dying because he experienced excruciating pain and entered all the way into death. He didn't go halfway. He went all the way into death. And he can sympathize with us in our allurements to sin because Jesus was tempted. In other words, we are not going through anything that our Savior has not experienced. So our Savior can sympathize with the allurements of our sin to lie to save his life, to steal to help his mother with his father's death, to covet all the nice things that Zachariah owned and to dishonor his mother when they were stricter than others and to take revenge when he was wrongly accused, Jesus was tempted. He was the Lord. He was tempted like you and I. Tempted to lust when Mary wiped his feet with her hair. And to pout the self-pity when the disciples fell asleep in the last hour of trial. And to murmur at God when John the Baptist died at the whim of a dancing girl. And to gloat over his accusers when they couldn't answer his question. Don't tell me Jesus don't understand. Jesus know the battle. He was tested way to the end. And he defeated the monster every time. So he was tested like we are. And the Bible says he's a sympathetic high priest. He does not roll his eyes at our pain. He says, I understand your pain. And then let me close, we can, what can we expect when we come, come near? We can receive mercy and find grace. Lord have mercy. They're helping time of need. I don't know about y'all this evening, but I need grace. But I show sure love mercy. Mercy and grace are often confused. While the term have similar meaning, grace and mercy are not the same. To summarize the different mercy is God not punishing us as our sin deserve. And grace is God blessing us despite the fact that we do not deserve it. Mercy is deliverance from judgment. Grace is extending kindness to the unworthy. So I just stop by to say, thank you, Jesus. According to the Bible, we all are sinners. Please ask your 7 and 20. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23. As a result of that sin, we every day deserve death and eternal judgment in the lake of fire. With that in mind, every day we live is an act of God's mercy. You're not here because you've been so good. You're not still breathing because, amen, you don't eat fat back and you don't eat. I just can't believe all this stuff people are eating around here. That ain't the reason you're still here. We're here because of God's mercy and God's grace. If God gave us all what we deserve, we would all be in a bad situation right now, condemned from eternity. David cried out, have mercy on me. 
Have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgression. Wash away my iniquity. Cleanse me of my sins. Plead to God's mercy. Oh, Lord, have mercy. A plea to God for mercy. It's asking him to withhold the judgment we deserve and instead grant us the forgiveness we in no way have earned. We deserve nothing from God. God does not owe us anything. Anything good that we experience is a result of the grace of God. Grace is simply defined as an unmerited favor. God's favor are giving us good things that we do not deserve and could never earn. Rescue from judgment by God's mercy comes is anything and everything we receive beyond that mercy. Common grace refers to the sovereign grace which God bestows on all mankind regardless of their spiritual standing before him while saving grace. That special dispensation of grace whereby God sovereignly bestows unmerited divine assistance upon his elect for their regeneration and sanctification. So I say come boldly because he's able. Come boldly because he loves us. Come boldly. Please come boldly because he paid the price for our sins. I can come boldly because he shed his blood. I can come because he extended his grace, gave me mercy, became my mediator, became my escape goat. I can come boldly. You can come boldly. He stood in my place, sanctified me, justified me. I gave him my hand, but I gave God, gave the preacher my hand, but I gave God my heart. I can come boldly because I've been delivered from the power of sin. Because he died that I might live. I can come boldly because I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. That's why I can say hallelujah. I can say thank you Jesus because he did for me who Jesus is. I do for myself. I can come boldly because of who Jesus is when I understand Jesus is the bread of life. So the bakers can understand. Jesus is the water of life so that plumbers can understand. Jesus is the light of the world so that electricians can understand. Jesus is the cornerstone so that architects can understand. I can come boldly because I know who he is and what he has done. He didn't have to do it. But I'm so glad that he did. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's mind-boggling. Somebody loved me before I ever got here and took the sting out of life and death. And I can walk confidently and boldly in this world. Some folk think it's arrogance. Some folk think you're just being beside yourself. It's just being thankful. Because if we're going to make it in, it's not going to be anything that we've done because of his mercy and his grace. When you come, come boldly. God bless you.